This is the Oil and Gas Startups Podcast, where we showcase emerging technology and the stories of industry founders, investors, and leaders with your hosts, Jake Corley and Colin McClelland. What's going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Oil and Gas Startups Podcast. This podcast has been a long time in the making, uh, almost three years now. Got my boy Kyle from Iconic Air down from West Virginia. You still live in West Virginia? Still live in West Virginia. Still live in West Virginia. So we yeah. first talked. You're the only person who lives in West Virginia. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's the true. first person on the show that's, uh, that's from West Virginia. We'll wave that flag, there. man. We'll yeah. wave it proudly. <laughs> so we first talked uh, beginning of 2020, right around the time of COVID. And you were getting started out and I'd seen you putting out some content on LinkedIn and reached out. And I think uh, you've probably come a long ways uh, since then, um, probably really in ideation phase and trying to find product market fit, get the company started. So first, tell us what is Iconic Air and we'll go from there. Absolutely. First of all, thanks for having me. Uh, it's incredible. Uh, watch you guys. I'm not going to say every podcast, but I've definitely seen a few. So you have a, a fan here. You're, you're in the hot seat now. You have a so. fan here. Yeah. So um, real high level, uh, Iconic Air today is enterprise SaaS platform helping energy intensive industries uh, measure, manage, and communicate their carbon footprint. Cool. Yeah, that's a big, broad, swathy statement. Yeah. But think of it this way. Think of it as um, we help people calculate their scope one and scope two numbers uh, to report out to investors. EPA, yeah, markets, etc. No so, scope three, just scope one and scope two. Not today, but yeah. if you want to go there, we can. <laughs> we can go there because I think scope three is a fucking scam. So. <laughs> so, I want to hear your take on actually, it. Actually, I'm going to have no comments on that uh, right now. Yeah. So, so to help us conceptualize this, because we talked to so many different companies who are focused on this space, how do you guys do that? Is it plugging into sensors? Is it plugging into public data? Is it using some sort of algorithms to, you know, quantify the, you know, the operational nuances of the business and then how that translates to carbon? Like walk us through that real quick. Yeah, absolutely. So simply put, um, we work with the operator to get most of their operations data into our system. That could be through APIs, uh, FTP integrations, or even just using Excel spreadsheets. Mm-hmm. And everything is um, us handholding with the operator and going through that process with them. So our team is made up of, you know, technologists, but also people who have been in oil and gas for decades. People who come from BP, Chevron, and many of the other operators. Yeah. Um, so there's no, the simple version of carbon accounting is a lot of it's leveraging the EPA protocols um, or other protocols. So there is no, you know, IP driven information there. Mm -hmm. um, all of the IP and the interesting stuff comes from, you know, what algorithms can you bake in to help on the operation side? Yeah. Flagging and QAQC processes. Yeah. So that's mm -hmm. where the IP is, is taking this information and then actually creating action on that information. That's exactly right. But that's even, I would even consider that quote unquote advanced uh, for the, where the industry is today. Yeah. 95% of the industry right now is going from quantifying and doing greenhouse gas inventories once a year for EPA standards to doing it four times a year, 12 times a year. Some people, if you're even more advanced, doing it near real time. Yeah. And what, people, what percentage do you think is kind of like on, on either end of the spectrum, right? From the, from the one time a year to the guys who are doing it real time. Yeah. It'd be tough to, to put that into percentages, but I would say, you know, the vast, vast majority of people who we work with and communicate with, um, 
which is everyone from your small operator to the 95th percentile, I'd say. Yeah. Um, a lot of them are still doing it once a year and just now having conversations about going quarterly or more often. Yeah. And let, but let's, let's take one step back and just say, why is this, why do they need to get it more than once a year? Like who, who cares? Like, why does that matter? And the simple way to put it is carbon is now tied to capitalism. And what, what does that mean? It means at a board meeting, the C-suite walks in and they put their agenda up and they're showing their investors. And it, the world used to be expenditures uh, and revenue. Mm-hmm. Now it's expenditure revenues in our carbon footprint and our plan over the next 12 months. And it's not just for people who are saying, hey, we want to go net zero. It's not just for publics. It's for everyone because carbon now starts to have a monetary value associated with it. Yeah. What is your background? Um, you know, we just covered that you're from West Virginia, which is uh, coal country and also heavy natural gas presence uh, with Marcellus Utica. Um, give us some of your background and how you got to the point of building Iconic Air. Absolutely. So let's just kick it off with growing up until college, I probably knew zero anything about oil and gas. You guys often tout how little um, everyday people look around uh, and recognize oil and gas in their communities and how they don't even know how energy gets into, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the pipes and information stuff that they use into their household. I was one of those people, I would say even until a few years ago. Dude, I grew up in Midland, Texas, the biggest oil field in the United States. And I didn't know anything. <laughs> <laughs> it's like literally in my backyard. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So clearly there's a gap there that you guys are trying to help solve, but there's a gap there. And I was, you know, in within that, you know, gap range of not having any clue. Um, Fast forward some time, um, I was in college, industrial engineer by training, my co-founder also industrial engineer by training. That's where like we had met at West Virginia University. And we started to, uh, you know, start to get a little bit more involved in the startup scene, just like you guys wanted to start your own business. Like our generation grew up in this mentality that, mm-hmm. hey, you want to be the next, you know, you want to co- create the change uh, that you want to see essentially. Yeah. And um, so we started chopping up different ideas. We entered the West Virginia business plan competition uh very yeah, small so first steps yeah, right remember this because y'all, y'all won right and got a got a prize from it a a a whopping uh i think 10 or fifteen thousand dollar yeah. prize and to us <laughs> at the time that was the world yeah. we were like whoa <laughs> we we're like whoa but um fast forward some time how we began to dip our toes into oil and gases we started working on software with some local companies looking at leaked data management and stuff like we noticed that there was um, you know, this cool new tech technology called drones popping mm-hmm. up and people were starting to put sensors on them. This was you know, pre-COVID, probably 2019-ish. And we were like, whoa, I mean, I feel like we could do that, right? So we took our winnings from the West Virginia Business Plan Competition. We bought an industrial-sized uh, Matrice 600 Pro, like DJI drone, yeah. that could carry like a baby. <laughs> have you tried we haven't, <laughs> we haven't. Um, so that's how we got our start man and so we were out there in the actually in the marcellus basin like literally trying to talk to anyone who would give us a shot making our own off-the-shelf sensor systems nothing super advanced like we were working with engineering uh, electrical engineers and putting stuff together attaching it to a drone and pitching these people on hey we'll fly your pipelines and we'll fly all this stuff right yeah and um long story short was 
we weren't very good at the hardware side and we weren't very good at getting operators to give us a chance on that, right? <laughs> uh, but the one operator um, who gives a shot or service provider, they they basically said, hey, look, the hardware side isn't, you know, not as interesting to us right now, but what you guys are doing with the software in terms of visualizing our data, that was like really helpful. So that was the start of us starting to push down uh, the early iconic air DNA, if you will, was in leak data management. Yeah. And as you start to see more of these technologies pop up, that's who we started working with. We started saying, hey, I wonder if we could take you know, some of that drone data and some of that continuous sensor data and some of this optical gas imaging data yeah. and like bring it into a place and make it useful for you. So that's really interesting because, yeah, the last time I talked to you back in 2020, you know, y'all were using drones and um, you saw several other companies popping up doing that. But that was like y'all's first step to getting to where y'all are today because it's Hey, we're going to build these drones, this hardware, sensors, we're going to do this. Then you saw a need for a platform to actually connect and bring in all this information. What what year was this again? 2019, 2020, okay. around that time cool. period. Yeah. Yeah. I remember talking to, like, I remember our conversation still. I remember where I was like standing, I was standing in the, in the old podcast studio downtown, like walking around, talking to him. And so. It's funny, like all my memories are getting <laughs> now. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, I remember y'all won 10 grand. And <laughs> this is actually this is actually one of my favorite realizations in this industry is um, you know, we're all still pretty pretty young and pretty new uh for for the sector of starting your own business. And as we have been in oil and gas now for two or three years, the um showing up to um conferences like we had today, there was a methane mitigation summit, showing up to these things and seeing the familiar faces and shaking hands with people and be like, man. We were like still in this thing yeah. four years ago. <laughs> yeah. you know? This is wild to me. That's always a, <laughs> no, that's always a win because, yeah, I mean, I quit my job in 2018 and we really started our, this podcast started at the beginning or end of 2018. Like, yeah, that realization, like, oh shit, like we're still here. <laughs> you know, we're still we here. Four or five years later, we're still here. We're so. still here. And Surprise. Even <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. So, Let's talk about, uh, I think I saw a big announcement the other day, a, a partnership with EQT. Is that, is that correct? Diversified energy. Diversified. Yeah. So diversified. Um, I mean, diversified, let's, let's give them a little prop. Diversified has more wells than anybody else in the United States, right? That's correct. Yeah. I yeah. believe. I believe. Well, actually, you know, it's funny with diversified because they got drug out in the media about, I don't know, eight, 10 months ago and about their, uh, methane, uh, leaks and problems. And I can't remember if it was on Bloomberg or CNBC who wrote the article, but, um, they actually just got a, um, man, I should have came in here more prepared. They got a uh, certificate for their methane mitigation, um, and met some standard like last month. And you don't see anyone in the media writing up articles about how diversified has taken massive steps to cut their methane leaks. And so I gave them some props over on Twitter. Um, probably on my 20 likes. So it's <laughs> <laughs> spreading, spreading the message for them. But yeah, that's uh, awesome to hear because diversified's business model is they actually play a really critical part in the life cycle of assets because they go and get the marginal wells, the stripper wells that no one really wants yeah. anymore. And so they have I don't even know how many. Do you know how many wells they have uh, under management? I mean, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. If you include all the smaller ones in West Virginia and everything, right? I can't yeah. get a number, but it's thousands on yeah. thousands. Yeah. I think it's over 100,000. I yeah. think it's like over 120,000. It's like a crazy, correct. crazy yeah. amount. And so don't really interesting to hear that 
you know, they're an old company too. So you have just like this old traditional oil and gas company that's now partnering up with very new age uh, technology. So talk a little bit about what y'all are doing with Diversified to help them out. Yeah, absolutely. So first off, Diversified, um, one of the most, you know, innovative, open-minded companies I've ever met and spoke with, right? We work primarily with Paul Espinon, uh, who's over top of like a lot of their regulatory EHS, wears a lot of hats in the organization. But we've met, you know, all of their leadership team and it's been eye-opening to see how ahead of the game they actually are, right? And now they're a public company on the London Stock Exchange. So when you weigh that kind of into it and realize what's going on in the world, then, you know, you start to connect the dots and go, okay, they're getting out there. They're getting out in front of the wave and trying to spearhead things before it's a problem now. Yeah. Um, that's this really is interesting. I've never talked to anyone over there, so that's interesting to hear. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this is just uptelling this just into a little bit larger of a point. This is what's beautiful about um, this capitalistic framework that we have going on here. When, when we, you know, we opened up saying, you know, carbon is now part of capitalism. You want to talk about a nation and an industry that's going to move faster than anyone and put the money in more quickly because it's now tied to the banks and returns and your interest rates, mm-hmm. right? Um, now it's no longer to say a splashy story for marketing. It's like, no, no, no. Our COOs care about this stuff, right? We go into organizations, talk with COOs, and that's how you know they really care. It's like yeah. they're day in and day out information yeah. trading systems. Like, this is what it's about. Yeah. But um, back to that diversified point, it's, um, you know, we work with them on their lead management systems. We work with them on gathering all of their emissions data mm-hmm. across their operations. We aggregate all that all that data together, um, help perform their subpart W reports at the end of the year, help them get those OGMP certifications, make our soft, make sure, ensure our software is most up to date with all of the new IRA bill information. Yeah. Most up to date with these MIQ certifications, most up to date with OGMP 2.0 and whatever's to come next. Yeah. So that's what we pride ourselves on. We pride ourselves on not only being able to be a flexible platform, self-service, have that have them be able to get in there and actually, you know, leverage a system in a in a way that it saves them time, money, resources, but also um, we don't do hands-on consulting, but it has all the information you're gonna need over the next decade, you know, to yeah. get you to get you through what's going on. Yeah. So I think that's a really interesting point, you know, talking about carbon accounting and how it's actually becoming a real line item in financials. And so when you look at a company like Diversified, you know, I'm really interested in like where the rubber meets the road and how you actually account for those things. And so let's use an operator like Diversified and, you know, we have Iconic Air here. So I'm an operator and I'm like, okay, I want to use you guys. Where are we pulling all the information from? Um, You know, is it all sensors? Are we, you know, flying drones? Um, Are you guys compatible with everything? And then once I have that in the platform, like me as a user, what can I actually do and see within, within the platform as an oil and gas operator? Absolutely. So just take, taking it from, you know, we're, we start meeting with operator X and we say we don't have them on contract yet. Um, just before getting them on contract, we'll be having meetings in, in a weird way. This carbon sustainability topic stretches across every portion of an organization. Mm-hmm. We need to have meetings with the operations folks. We need to have meetings with environmental sustainability folks. We need to have meetings with IT. Um, and each one of these people will start to pull into these discussions to better understand what systems they're using, what processes they have, how it works, et cetera, et cetera. 
And you know, what does sustainability want to see? Okay, sustainability talks with the C-suite and preps charts for every internal board meeting and every external graph and conversation that's happening. Well, where is that information being pulled from? Oh, it's probably going to be pulled from Iconic now. Okay, so now that we have to have this discussions to make sure everyone's on the same page. So the first thing we'll do is we'll have meetings with those organizations. We'll say, what systems are you using today on the ground in the field? Are you guys using um, you know, Promax, Wellview? Are you guys using P2 systems? Are you using Carte? We'll, we'll go one by one across where's every piece of data coming from mm-hmm. across organization. Not only does that help us, but that helps them. Gets everyone on the same page, gets everyone organized, everyone's heads nodding. They're like, okay, okay. These yeah. guys clearly have done this before. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have people who can speak to every nitty gritty nuance of like what this data looks like, how clean is it, all these things, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then we'll start to have discussions of how integrated do you want the system to be? Do you want weekly uh, numbers? Do you want monthly numbers? Do you want quarterly numbers? Tells you how integrated these things need to become. Yeah. Right. So then we'll just go through, we'll start to mark all of them off. Right. And then as we start implementation with a customer, it usually takes a quarter or two to get everything moving in the right direction. And once that's all done, what you'll see is you'll have your monthly or quarterly numbers that you want to see. You have reports that can be exported directly into the format that, that's needed. Right. An OGMP type format, a SASB type format, yeah. a sub W type format. And stop me if I'm talking gibberish here and anyway i'm pretty in the weeds <laughs> you're, you're fine yeah so that's so that's what we'll, that's what you'll be able to start to do but more importantly you'll start to be able to see how your operations data and in, in, in production is performing against this stuff so we're an extremely visualized platform you see movements in your data yeah. oh something just spiked and it says it's up seventy thousand percent we should probably look into that a little qaqc and that's what i was like trying to get to because it's always interesting when we talk to software companies on the podcast because we're not sitting here looking at the software right so i try to get like a visual of like hey mm. me as an oil and gas operator i get all my data flowing into this platform like what am i actually seeing what can i do with that information and so you guys obviously sounds like you're a very visual platform so me as an operator i can sit here and say oh like huge spike what's going on and then drill down deeper to actually find out what the problem is. So on the, like the integrating with like things you mentioned, like P2 or other systems like that, you're not actually pulling in necessarily anything on the emissions because I don't know if they're necessarily tracking that there, but you are pulling in production data to layer that over. Right, because you need all that information. SCADA systems as well. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you need, it comes from a lot of different areas, right? But we'll we'll make sure that they want that first, right? Because we also have to be able to eat spreadsheets, Mm -hmm. templatize and eat spreadsheets. You have heard it on a previous podcast, um, Thing a few weeks ago even you guys were talking about how yeah how important spreadsheets still are to this world and that's kind of yeah that's that's exactly right <laughs> yeah. so you got to be able to account for that and embrace it right and not just act like it's you know the antithesis of of technology like it can be really helpful yeah so where's the company at today did you guys ever go raise any capital just stretch that ten thousand dollars really far. <laughs> How many people do y'all have? Give us an update on you know building building the business and where y'all are at. Absolutely. So real high level, uh, we raised money you know early this year. Nice. And we closed about five million dollars seed round. Um, we're I would consider one of the most efficient you know oil and gas based carbon accounting solutions out there right now. What do I mean by that? I mean we have a headcount of about ten. And we have about that many operators who are using the platform today, getting nice. their financial information. You know, we're literally just talking about that walking in that not using KPI as a as a or headcount as a KPI um, and being real efficient. So I like when, that. when you use headcount as a KPI, uh, 
folks on the you wrong see things. what happens. You see what's <laughs> yeah. happening with the tech markets yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. You don't have to theorize about it. I mean, it's happening. So you get, you get people who raise a lot of money and have infinite headcount, and you try yeah. to guess their revenue, and you're shocked when you yeah. get really they go, they go raise a big round, and the way that they deploy capital is by hiring a lot of people, which has several different bad or negative second order effects. One, your burn goes up, um, and yeah, typically the revenue doesn't match that burn. And then you just get a bunch of average performers in your company as well. And so there's a lot of bad things that, that come from that. So it's actually really interesting. You guys raise $5 million and you're still at 10 people. Um, that's not the typical uh, growth or deployment of capital. So that's cool to hear. Absolutely, man. So um, you mentioned earlier about the makeup of y'all's company. Obviously, you have some technologists, but then have people that have come from the industry to um interested about the people that come from the industry like and as y'all grow as a company you know who are the types of people that y'all hire um that come from industry that can help out the platform yeah so from our side of the table we say there's you know two types of people who are really important for us there are the technologists and world-class engineers who help us build this thing and remain really efficient and then there are people who are going to add. So that's adding value to the product. Then there are people who are going to add value to our customer. Mm -hmm. Add value to the customer in, in terms of um, they're bringing expertise to the table to help with successful onboardings. Um, yeah. People who instill confidence. Like when they work with our customer and we're walking them through how we're going to do this and why it's going to work and how we've done it you know, 10 times over. Um, that's an important role. <laughs> yeah. They need to be able to look that person across in the eyes across the table and know that they've actually already done this maybe for the last 10 years. Yeah. So those are the people who we're looking to, to bring on, right? And it's not easy because supply is so constrained right now in the industry with that role. Any environmental yeah. roles, they can kind of roll around and ask what they want because yeah. <laughs> all of the sustainability world is uh, you know, in growth mode. Yeah, yeah, 100%. Yeah, I mean, it's always tough building um, enterprise solutions and in the first place, but then it's like you have this mix of people that are good technologists and then people that have domain expertise, one internally, but then externally facing like you were talking about. And so it's always interesting to hear about how founders think about that dynamic and that balance because, yeah, you can't go sit across from these companies and just bullshit them, right? They'll they'll know the second that you walk in. So we've been on so many contracts, man. And we ask, you know, Hey, what is it exactly? Or after we close the contract, say, Hey, what exactly did you like about us? And what was interesting? And why, why did you choose us? Essentially? You want that feedback. Yeah. And you know, time after time after time, it was something along the lines of, I felt like you guys could speak to, um, speak to the system and understood like the problems that we're going through better than anybody else. And yeah. that's because I think we hire people who have done software implementation, under like the emissions categories for like the last 10, 10 years plus, right? Yeah. So it's almost becoming like a qualifying factor for like these positions, which is like, have you implemented software in oil and gas? Yeah. <laughs> Do you understand emissions? And it's like, if yes, then like apply to Iconic Air because like this is something that we want to continue yeah. with. Um, with y'all's current clients, you said you have like 10, op or 10 oil and gas companies that you're working with. Are those upstream, midstream, downstream? Is there, you know, Future, is there like really a bread and butter of what types of oil and gas companies that you work with, or is it kind of all of the above? Yeah. So the, the way we keep positioning, uh, you know, the company thesis is energy intensive sectors, right? And we, we just think that we have a lot of expertise there. Today, it's mainly upstream and midstream. Okay. Right. It's probably a little more upstream, but we just have a few midstream as well. And um, 
know, who knows how fast you need to move into the downstream sector or into utilities. I think those are yeah, two very Yeah, I was going to say, do you ever see scaling into adjacent verticals, whether it's utilities, renewables, manufacturing, um, things of that nature? I mean, I'm sure the um, platform will... Farming, maybe? Yeah, agriculture. Like, I'm sure it can be agnostic to a point. Yeah, it's that's a great question, right? And it's, the short answer is yes. It's like which ones and which ones first. That's like what yeah. I'm thinking about on a week to week basis right now, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like okay, we have ten people. It probably changes week to week too. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's fun though because um, there are some hyper adjacent ones, right? Like utilities is a really big market that is yeah. very similar, right? Downstream is is very similar with a few add ons, um, and all of the things that we just named in terms of like what is our unique value props to those sectors. Um, there's a lot of similarities, right? Yeah. They want to see the subject matter expertise. They want to know that you guys have been through it. Um, and yeah, we also, we still to date have our leak data management solution. So it's kind of interesting because we win a lot of customers that way too. The fact that we can take all of these new technologies that are being developed and evolving right now, pilots on pilots on pilots, right? That's like what we're seeing from, yeah. you know, XYZ Delta Gamma company that's continuous monitoring, drone, satellite, like everyone's testing everything, right? So yeah. um, we also leverage and bring in that data and yeah. make that useful. So do you guys still have that drone that you bought? Just sold it. Damn. A few yeah. months ago. We could get it. A few months ago. Yeah. I really want to put a baby on there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's all I want to That's like content idea for YouTube. <laughs> I was like, I got a two-year-old. He's, he's a Jake, big baby. Jake and I were on the same page you know? there. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I should have signed a waiver before. I should have, like I should have you guys signed a waiver before coming in here. It's like you take the clip of me saying something about it could carry Kyle, an infant. Kyle said that we could carry got, a baby. Yeah. <laughs> so Let's here we are it. testing it out. <laughs> just got to get cash holding on to it. Yeah. <laughs> so no that's uh yeah i just just missed out i should have hit you up a couple of months ago do you do you all ever have companies that come to you that are maybe like they they have all these ambitions but they don't have anything necessarily in place in terms of you know they've never used drones before they've never they're not like detecting anything right and if that's the case then like what do you do in that situation do you i mean obviously you guys have like some of the solutions that you guys have but is it like you all work with partners in this kind of ecosystem like walk me through that yeah i'd say we don't have a lot. A lot of the people who come to us or we meet with, they are one or two steps into the journey, mm -hmm. right? Because a lot of people won't meet with us. And like a reason why some people won't meet with us is because they might say, hey, we're not ready. Like our data is all over the place. We're not sure um, actually what to do. And I think a lot of times they go to their environmental consultants or someone that they trust just slightly more than like a new, uh, a newer startup company, right? Um, but we also chat with people who are doing it for the first time and we do have, uh, consultants that we work with and environmental partners, right. Who instruct people on how to do this. We will also do a very light version of that, not charging anyone money, just showing them case studies and what combinations of platforms and systems that we've integrated with to date and seen success in. But, um, yeah, uh, it's, it's, it's an evolving industry, man. It's yeah. an evolving industry. Yeah, I was going to say, probably for y'all, it's pretty important to high grade of like where someone is in in their process of getting to that point because there's going to be some that probably pretty advanced and some that haven't even started. So, Is there anything that's been like surprising to you as you're, as you're talking with these 10 companies? Dude, this whole thing's been surprising to me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> think about that. Uh, <laughs> Like, I'm <laughs> so like, how do you, how does someone who doesn't know, how does myself and my co-founder, James Carnes, a brilliant, brilliant technologist and, and just understands the customer better than almost anybody. How, how do two guys coming out of industrial engineering, 
one who writes software and one who just sits on podcasts and talks. <laughs> uh, how, how do we even understand the stuff's a problem? We just talked with hundreds of oil and gas people. Like anyone who'd pick up the phone, we were talking to technicians in the field for forever. Yeah. And then eventually we started talking to like VPs and then we started talking, whoever we could get on the phone, phone with, I didn't read about oil and gas in a book. I didn't read about it online. I just asked probably thousands of questions over hundreds of conversations that filled in this information. Right. And I would say that is why we were a first mover in the first place in this category. How do two guys don't come from oil and gas become a first mover in this, in this carbon accounting world? It's because as COVID's happening and as we're having dozens of zoom calls, every single week, um, we are hearing what the pain point of the customer is. And to me, that's like the only important thing in the world, right? So yeah. when you say, what's surprising to you? Man, I get on calls still, seven, eight, nine calls a week, whether it's a sales call or whether it's just talking with banks to understand where is everybody at in this wave of maturity? It's crazy yeah. what a little bit of curiosity can do for you, right? I'm I think sure we, we I think we need to like about this <laughs> yeah. we need to stop and appreciate this because there's a lesson here, right? Because we've we've talked about this probably a million different times, but there's so many people who fall in love with a widget that they've built, and then they go to a market and they're searching for a problem to solve. And I think what you've absolutely showcased here is that you went out to the market searching for problems, talking to the people, hundreds if not thousands of people who live with these problems every day, saying how can how can we help, right? And that's the proper way to approach that as opposed to, you know, you've got a widget and then you got to raise money on a widget that's looking for a problem. And like that never ends well, right? But if you're actually tackling and actually giving a shit about what the hell you're doing and, and looking for these problems to solve, that's hats off to you for doing it that way because not everybody has like that foresight or maybe even the tenacity to like hit the pavement and make, you know, Just hundreds being, if not thousands of calls. And talking to a lot of people and asking questions you start putting pieces of the, of the puzzle together yep. and that's why it's so important to just talk to people. Like I can't like stress. I talk to so many random ass people all the time. Just like you talking to you, you know, back in 2020, <laughs> look, here we are now. Like you just talk to a bunch of people and you start hearing different, you start getting different pieces of data and inputs and then start putting those together. Like, Oh, Hey, I think there's something here. And you know, you guys had something you're like, okay, we're going to go buy this baby carrying drone and we're going to go monitor. But then you started like, talking to people and figuring out, Hey, like what's the actual problem and real solutions. So that's a pretty good, pretty good story. And it doesn't surprise me. I mean, you say that this whole thing surprises you it doesn't surprise me. It's just taking action and asking questions. <laughs> and just a quick asterisk, cause this is funny. Um, we no longer do anything drone related. I just want to put that out there. We're a pure software play, helping people with their carbon accounting and bringing in additional leak data management. Yeah. We still have people call us and come up and talk with us from like three years ago. Oh, the drone guys. And I'm like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> no, I picked up on that in this podcast. That's why I was asking if y'all still had it. Cause I was like, I'll buy it off. A lot of people so, in search of these drones right now. Man. So to be clear, no more drones, pure software play. Where can people find you? Um, obviously lots of people who listen to this podcast probably have a need for uh, this type of solution. So what's the website URL? Absolutely. You can just uh, Google Iconic Air or you can, there's a chance you're going to find some Air Jordans on there. Um, that yeah. is, sometimes they beat us out in SEO and it pisses me off. But outside of that, uh, you can look at IconicAir.io. IconicAir.io. So visit Iconic Air, scoop you up a pair of Jordans and then work on your emissions one. next. So, dude, appreciate you uh, coming on the show. It's been a long time coming and excited to have you on here, man.
I appreciate you all. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Man. Yeah. If y'all enjoyed this episode, be sure to share it with a friend, share it on LinkedIn, share it on Twitter, share it on Instagram. That's the only way people find out about this podcast is if you share it. So help us out. Share it with someone. We will catch you next episode. Come, 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 come.